Hello there and welcome to another episode of Neuro Resiliency. So something that really grinds my gears, gets my goat, you know, really just aggravates me, I've got to say, is a lot of the self-help that's out there, a lot of the coaches that I seem to rub shoulders with, and unfortunately to say it, a lot of the people who have been coached in this manner and they believe that change comes in a certain way. I can't I can't tell you how frustrating it is where uh, people think that change comes with a realization. Once I've made that realization, hooray, hooray, they don't need to change anymore. It's all done for them now that they've seen the light. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's not how it works. If only, if only that's how it worked. And a lot of this comes back to just being a little bit more skeptical, learning how to train your skepticism. And what that has to do with things is basically understand the mechanics. You don't need to be a mechanic to understand how a car works or how to drive a car. And you don't need to be a rocket scientist to understand the basics of how propulsion works or anything like that. The more you understand, the more dangerous you become. It's that simple. You become harder to kill. You become much more useful. The more that you actually know about what whatever the thing is. So when it comes to personal development, let's say, there are multiple areas that we can talk about. We can talk about physical development. We can talk about intellectual development, emotional development. Yes, it's all of that. What I keep running into, unfortunately, I live down the road from Austin, Austin, Texas, which is also called the California of Texas because there are so many woo-woo practitioners. uh, You won't believe it. It's like, I've got a friend of mine who came here down for a wedding and, you know, at the wedding, he met like three women's like sex practitioner coaches, two breathwork coaches, and then like a mindset coach. Like what the actual F is going on where, you know, you throw a stone in Austin and you're going to hit like a couple of coaches. And that's not even talking about like the qualifications of these coaches. You know, we can talk about people who are like oh, are business sales coaches and they're terrible. They're absolutely terrible. You know, they're not using like really good foundational things. They're basically using horrible techniques to push on people. And most of the time, you know, it's a it's a sucker's game. You know, you get suckered into paying because you want them to help you solve their problems, but they're just all about the money. Anyway, yes, it is a thorn in my side. I do see it as a problem. I am obsessed with wanting competent people to be out there. So let's go through it. Let's help you out with a little bit more skepticism so that you can navigate that a little bit better, a little bit easier. All right. I'm going to play a clip now. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, it's just a guy improving over time, skipping, skipping. It's that simple, skipping, right? So this clip is, uh, you'll hear it. The, The clip is all about this guy skipping and he improves over a period of a year. The rule of 100 states that if you spend 100 hours in a year, which is 18 minutes a day, all of us, in any discipline, karate, violin, piano, whatever, if you spend 18 minutes a day, which is 100 hours a year, you'll be better than 95% of the world in that discipline. It's just the consistency of whatever you do more than anything. So straight away, let's let's train the skepticism. So how how exactly would this person know that you're going to be better than 95% of the world? Have they gone out there and tested 95% of the world in everything? Well, the answer is no, but we get the gist of it, the gist. What's the gist? Well, the gist is put some time in, be consistent, 
And you're going to start to learn the pathways, the patterns, the things that matter, the things that don't matter. Sure. A lot of it is still going to be like throwing, you know, poop at a wall and seeing how much sticks. You know, it's a very inefficient process to just do the thing. However, it's a lot better than not doing the thing. You know, you're going to learn a lot more. And depending on how you learn, you can actually cut off a lot of the time on that. So like 18 minutes a day, but let's now take the concept of 10,000 hours. Let's take the concept of uh, mentorship or coaching, right? And have someone who has regularly taken people through the process of mastery of something from introduction to mastery. And they're going to be able to shave so much time off it. It's phenomenal, right? But even if you don't, it's a very simple thing of do recording yourself doing and then look and review. So do and review. Those are my two my two suggestions for you. Do and review. Do it, review it. Do it, review it. Now, this is very easily applicable when we're talking about physical developments. If we're talking about like developing a physical skill, playing piano, learning a language, uh, skipping, you know, or jumping rope, if, as we say here in the, the States. So how do we apply this now to emotional things? And it's very simple. We need to be able to create some type of footage, some type of recording, some type of uh, feedback loop system. And that's what the coach normally does. They're a lot more focused feedback, but just having a recording of something. For example, you and your partner are about to have a serious conversation, record it, record it, listen to it later, review it later, because by you capturing it and reviewing it later, you're going to be able to say exactly when was the point where you became emotionally invested, when you became reactive, where you started to feel anger come up or whatever, or where you said something that really triggered your partner, okay? By being able to review these things, we're able to get a lot more of the observer perspective. So this is one of the tools that I use for a lot of my coaching clients is there are two states to your brain. There is the participant, which is heavily invested in what's going on, very defensive, uh, very aggressive, you know, very emotional. And then there is the observer side, which is the ability of humans to actually see ourselves from an outsider's perspective, Right. And it's quite a detached perspective. And this this is very useful when we experience trauma. We can actually detach from that trauma and you're not necessarily feeling that trauma all the time. This detachment, this observer space is also like the noticing self. So if you, you know, talk about meditation or things like that, being able to notice yourself going off track. So, you know, uh, Tibetan Buddhists talk about the monkey mind. The monkey mind is the participant that's running around thinking and panicking. And the observer is then going to be the true self seeing everything. And <clears throat> learning how to engage these two parts is very, very important. And practicing it is also important. So that's what I said earlier on. The realization that this is how the mechanics of it work. Okay. <clears throat> and then the secondary part, which is how do we practice it? And so it's a simple matter of, Time, time under tension, right? T time under tension. Time under tension is something that's used uh, in bodybuilding or powerlifting, you know, resistance training circles, where they talk about you need a certain amount of time under tension, which is underneath the weights. It doesn't matter about like, let's say doing 10 reps. You need a total time under tension of, let's say 60 seconds, which means each rep should be approximately six seconds. 10 reps, six seconds times 10, 60 seconds. So it's the same thing 
when you're doing personal development, we need a certain amount of time under tension. You need to put yourself in a certain amount of situations where you can actually practice doing this thing as well. So straight away, this div- this approach, you know, makes itself very clear that it's different from the other approaches that are out there when it comes to personal development, spiritual a spiritual woo woo kind of coaching. Because the concept is, do you realize what's going on? Do you have some kind of insight or perspective? Yes, we've got an awareness. Wonderful. We've got an awareness. Okay. After that awareness, so sorry, this is also the way that I use it with my clients. We go for awareness first. Are you aware that this thing is happening? Yes or no? Okay, great. That's the realization that a lot of people work on. Great. Wonderful. Then stage two. Stage two is about acceptance. Now, if you're from the Tony Robbins kind of style of coaching as well, there's this idea of rejection. If this is a part of you, reject it, push it down. We don't want that. This is a part that we want. But if there's a part of you that that is doing something ridiculous, that's a part of you that's doing it for a purpose. There was probably a purpose for it when you were younger. What was the reason? And that part of you is so well-practiced, it's just coming out naturally as a natural instinct, right? So you have to practice not doing this thing. But the only way for you to do that is to accept that this is part of yourself. And it's okay, right? So this is one of the reasons why I don't necessarily agree with the approaches of like a lot of coaches that take that approach from the 80s of uh, dissociate from the bad parts of yourself, like reject them. Like, no, not necessarily. Observe them, yes. Be Notice them, know that they're there, be aware of them, realize that they're there, great. And then afterwards, accept them. I love them. There's a part of you that that wanted this to be true. There's a part of you that needed this to happen. There's a part of you that learned how to do this as a way of surviving. Okay, that's okay. It's completely natural. It's completely normal. That doesn't mean that we have to engage in that behavior. Just that we don't reject it. We accept it, right? And then stage three is about this idea of ownership. All right, this is in, this is in me. Now, what can I do with it? And that's when we start to go for choices, right? And we start to take action. And so that's where the second step comes in. So we've got insights. We need some type of execution, some type of action, some type of physical practice where we can practice doing the thing that we're trying to do. So if we're trying to become, uh, let's say, more aware of uh, triggering our partner or fighting with our partner or something like that, we need to notice in conversation which parts actually are when we get triggered or we start to get, uh, let's say, aggressive or whatever it may be. And so a recording of that allows us to do that, okay? Just like if there were a coach, they would want you to record and so they can give you feedback. So you can also go to, uh, you know, some type of coach and ask them for feedback in that conversation. But likewise, you'd probably be able to coach yourself based on what you know to be true. So here's the, 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 the piece around that. I want you to think about it like this. Most people in your working memory can hold three things that you need to try and um, balance. So let's say, for example, you're trying to do a particular dance move, okay? So thing number one is where to put your feet. Thing number two is where what are your arms doing in relation to your feet? And then thing number three is, let's say, the timing of it. You're not going to be able to balance more than three things until your brain has successfully done those three things, coordinated them together and created enough automation so that your brain only processes it as one thing. Then you can go into more details. Then you can go more refined. So this is hilarious for me when I have a client coming to me and saying, oh, you know, 
I've done a lot of work in personal development. And then, cool, we get into it. And, you know, they're triggered, you know, all the time. They, they're still behaving in very immature ways, in ways that they probably don't want to behave. So what the hell have you done? What work have you done? You've probably consumed a lot. Yes, you've probably had a lot of realizations. Wonderful. But how do we know that you've actually changed? How do we know? Well, just because I feel different doesn't mean I am different, right? Especially in the way that matters when it comes to personal development. Personal development, what is this? We want to feel better about our lives. Do you feel better about your life? Yes, while I'm developing or something like that. Oh, I don't feel good about my life anymore. I guess I better need, I better go to another seminar, another ayahuasca retreat, another blah, 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 blah. Come on. How are you developing any skill? Skills, not pills. Dependencies mean that you don't have the ability yourself. So we're talking about things like, you know, I get asked my opinion all the time on things like ketamine therapy or something like that. All of these studies show that for a mind that is really stressed out and panicked and all of that, absolutely, we need it. So I consider these framings as a minus one, a zero, and a plus one. A minus one is a brain in trouble, a heart in trouble, a person in trouble. And they, they're under stress. They need space. Those types of interventions and help can help there. So, for example, if you look at a lot of the, the data or the studies on MDMA therapy, it's going to be with veterans, people suffering from PTSD, not your average bro at the gym who's trying to develop themselves, right? For personal development, if there's no problem, there is no intervention needed to help that person live, let's say, a functional life, then what are we doing? If you then create uh, a dependency on this thing to feel connected, you are not developing your own muscle of feeling connected. So again, skills, not pills. So if people are already functional and they're trying to develop themselves and they're using a pill, a dependency, they're getting used to, oh, I need another Joe Dispenza workshop in order to feel connected with the world. Oh, I need to blah, 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 blah in order to feel. No, I would, I would argue that what you're doing is creating a dependency. And in the beginning, it doesn't feel like it until you realize that two years later, you've, get, you've gone to like five ayahuasca retreats in the last two years. And you're starting to crave another one because you feel disconnected from the world. What? are you doing? What are you doing? Because you are, you are still the same person. You haven't changed anything. You've got some experience behind you. Wonderful. So sure, you know, in that sense of the word, a different person, yes, you are a different person because you're not the same as you were two years ago, but you are still going to behave in the same ways, react and be triggered by the same things, find uh, the same, maybe less joy in life than you did two years ago. You know, you might be judging yourself even more what we want to do is find effortless joy in life, effortless tolerance to stress and resistance to uh, stimulus and triggering so that you become stronger emotionally. You have no problems setting healthy limits and boundaries. You have no problems dealing with conflict. You have no problems rising to the occasion, seeing opportunities in situations that could have triggered you in the past. So these are the questions that I've got for you is really what actions are you taking? where it comes in and it's very difficult for you. So it's the action-orientated parts. I've got a lot to say on this. <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm going to leave it here. 
uh, there's so much that we can talk about with this. There, there, there really is. There's so much when it comes to personal development. I know that I've dropped a lot of bombs today. So, for example, um, you know, all of my little ways of looking at it for the minus one, the zero, the plus one. You know, and when I coach my clients on this, let's talk about food. Minus one. Okay, this person has got a stomach issue, a gut health issue. Um, you know, they need someone who's a professional to help fix the problem. So cool, referral to a gut health specialist. Okay, there's a person who has PTSD. Okay, referral to someone who's a professional PTSD therapist or something like that. Great. If the person is at zero, they're a functional human being, but they know that they're leaving a lot of potential on the table. Where do they go? Because going to someone who helps people go from minus one to zero, those people are tuned into that. They're not tuned into how to go from zero to plus one. How do we get that, you know, that spice out of life, really? How do we increase enjoyment, pleasure? How do we stop being triggered so much? So in the case of food, how do we go from, oh, I have no food problems to, okay, now I'm eating like the healthiest diet that's dialed in for me. You know, I've done uh, gut bacterial tests, you know, poop tests. Um, to analyze what's going on in my gut so that I can stabilize my gut even further. I have a certain awareness and knowledge over how to select the correct foods. What I mean by that is foods that are ultra-processed, for example, usually have a lot of toxicants in them versus, okay, I'm choosing whole foods that are actually very suitable for my health. I know how to uh, manage my caloric intake according to my needs, whether it be lose weight, maintain weight, or gain weight, et cetera. You know, so there's there's a lot of things that can take you from zero to plus one. So that's one of the frames I dropped. And it has so many, so many applications. Now, the question is, what do we do with this? Well, if you're interested in the personal development thing, what I've done is I've actually created a, uh, I call it a 20-day challenge. There are 20 lessons in it. Um, it might take you more than 20 days to complete, but there's a lot in there about practicing this, about gaining a little bit more knowledge as well. So for the time being, uh, who knows when I'll change this, I have made it free to enroll in it. As long as with the enrollment, you're happy giving me a testimonial, giving me feedback as well, and you know, putting your name next to what, you're, what you thought about the, the 20-day challenge, let's say. So you're welcome to enroll for free. It is um, my pride and joy. I love it very much. And, uh, you know, if you, if you feel that there's a lot of value in there, you know, consider letting me know what your experience was, how you would improve it, et cetera, because eventually I'm going to be running ads to this. Eventually I'd like to make this a much bigger thing. I'd like to grow the community mainly because like I talk about with skill practice, there is an element there of support, running support for this. What does support look like? It's going to be facilitated groups where we investigate things together. Why? Because humans rarely put time aside for this type of thing. So if you make a commitment to, let's say, come to a virtual meeting and I put you with a partner and you actually ask each other these kinds of questions, it makes you stop and think and answer these questions so that you actually can take something and apply it to your life and see if you've been applying it to your life and practice this mode of thinking as well. So if you if this sounds like something very interesting for you, check out the links below. Uh, I think I'm done for today. The 100 hours rule is something that we can apply to ourselves. It's all about combining insight with action. How do we do that? What does that look like for you? 
Let me know how it goes. Uh, any thoughts on this? Please feel free to comment, message me. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, yes, this is the first time that I've put something out in quite a long time. And the reason for that was because I actually went through a period of putting out two pieces a week. And uh, a lot of you gave me feedback and said, well, this is a bit much. We're, we're not consuming as much. And I'd rather put things out at a decent pace. I'm not interested in feeding the algorithm. I'm interested in creating things that are much more evergreen that people can revisit and come back to. So let me know what you think of that. I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts. And this particular podcast uh, Substack channel is going to be more directed as well in the future at personal development. I'm going to be um, branching out into uh, what I do for my profession, which is, of course, leadership coaching. So that's leadership development, management, things like that. So keep your eyes out there. If, if this applies to you, it could be quite interesting. And part of that, part of the personal development and the leadership development, it all bleeds together as well into like self-management, managing relationships. So there usually is going to be a couples element as well. So, you know, that's a potential further down the line as well, if you're interested. All right. That's it from me. I hope you have a wonderful day. Let me know where you're at. Let me know what's lighting up your life. And I can't wait to see you in the next one. Ciao for now.